0: Rough Trade are giving away a free album exclusively to 101 part-time jobs listeners. That's you. Become a member of Rough Trade Club New Music and you'll receive the Rough Trade Album of the Month straight to your door every month on an exclusive vinyl pressing with exclusive bonus material. Club members have received exclusive pressings of albums from Sufjan Stevens, Sprints, The Last Dinner Party and Over Mono, just to name a few, this past year alone. Sign up using the promo code 101POD this March and you'll get the Rough Trade Album of the Month exclusive pressing of Masterpiece's debut, How to Make a Masterpiece, on green and yellow swirl vinyl, completely free of charge. You'll also get free shipping on all orders, 10% off at the bar and on secondhand vinyl in-store, and exclusive access to sold-out Rough Trade events. Don't want Album of the Month but still want all the benefits? Sign up to the standard tier using 101Pod and you'll still get the first month free. So don't hang around. This offer is only available in March and limited to the first 150 sign-ups. Go to roughtrade.com club and sign up with the voucher code 101POD, that's 101POD, and claim your first month free. This offer is available to UK residents only. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. I wish that I knew that distro DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. Distro kid All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, you're listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs, the only podcast in the world where I speak to bands and musicians and artists about how they've managed to survive doing what they do and how they've made it work for them. I'm so excited to welcome Zoe Mead, a.k.a. Wildest, to today's show she's just released a new album monthly friend it's absolutely incredible this is the song buddy below this if you're listening to this you've already you probably already know the record and if you don't you know to go ahead and check it out immediately thank you so much for keeping up with this podcast it really it really means a lot and i'm so excited about all the people we have on the show that we've had on the show and we've got coming up on the show coming up so if you haven't already subscribe and do that stuff so you get notified East London Signature Brew have been brewing music-inspired beers since 2011. They've made beers with Mastodon, Idols, the Sports Team, and a whole lot more. If you go onto their website, signaturebrew.co.uk, you can get beers delivered directly to your house if you live in the UK. Using the voucher code 101Podcast, all capital letters, you can get 10% off your order. Alright, here's Zoe Mead of Wildest. Go well.
1: Cheers! Don't need a cigarette, forget you for a-
0: Producing your own stuff, and then I read about yep. the Greenwich Studio, um, studio. <laughs> studio, Studio, <laughs> <laughs> and I th- and I thought that's cool because it's down the road in Greenwich. And is there a link with Squeeze or Chris Difford or any of that there?
1: Um, no. I mean, I'd love to say there was, but um, no. I, I'm I, I made kind that of up feel in my brain then. Yeah, I feel like a bit of uh, an alien in Greenwich, to be honest. Like, because I, I spend all my time here now because I've just actually moved to the area um a because i love the area and b because it's really close to my studio and just thought it made sense to i was in north london for years so it's really nice to change to south london and i'm bloody loving it it's lovely down here way ch- just really chill really nice um but yeah i feel like a bit of an imposter still because i feel like i don't really belong I feel like i need to um up my game <laughs> and i don't know wear a like nice hat or something or a smoke a pipe or something but <laughs>
0: we'll have to give you the tour. There are some great stories. Uh, you know, that statue of Peter the Great just by, oh, yeah, um, yeah. by the river, you know, the, there's a great story about that guy who, um, that, that oh, we'll right. have to show you.
1: Please, please.
0: Your studio. How, how long have you had that then?
1: Um it's probably coming out like maybe between three and four years now it's been a while I've had it for a a little while I've been very fortunate to have such a good space and such a nice area um and I guess the reason I I must have loved it because I was traveling from Stoke Newington to it sort of almost daily before Mm. (laughs) um but now obviously I'm in the air it's a lot easier um so I mean I I don't know why it took me so long to move to be honest I just I was just clinging on to Hackney I don't know for, for far too long and then uh, just after Christmas was like, no, I'm, I'm going, I'm leaving, I'm I'm changing, but um, but yeah, it's it's been a it's been a while, very fortunate. <laughs>
0: what's what's the story behind it? How did you find it? How did you you know set yourself up with it?
1: Um, actually, it was um, it's through a band that I have loved for years since I was like a teenager called Still Corners. They're a, a kind of American psychedelic mm. band, oh, dream, kind of dream pop, really, and probably. Uh, one of the reasons why I started being obsessed with dream pop music, Um, I was listening to them. I remember like uh, back in college, um, like some of their first like outputs on Bandcamp and I don't think they were big or anything. And then they made, not that, I mean, they're not big anyway, they're more culty. They're more like, you know, if you know them, you know them kind of thing. Um, And I love them. And then I, it was just by chance that I met Jack, my drummer, who was doing some session drumming for them. And I was just like utterly starstruck, you know, like there's not many people. I mean, yeah, give me Justin Bieber any day. I'd have a chat with him. I wouldn't even be phased. But I was phased by meeting Greg and Tessa from Steel Corners. Love that. <laughs> also, yeah. Uh, but um, but yeah, then I ended up, they had this space and they were moving back to Austin um, in Texas. And they were like, oh, hey, do you want to like kind of have have this space while we're gone and be sort of the guardian guardians of it or whatever? Um, and they keep their stuff there, and, right. and whenever they come back, they get their get their stuff from the studio as well. So, yeah, it was just through like for a lucky break.
0: That's so great. Yeah, <laughs> of course. I mean, the you know, 101 part time jobs. The the idea of this podcast is to to speak to people about their survival and you know get stories from from jobs they've worked between tours. Yeah, and I feel like so many of these jobs you're gonna have are going to be towards you know saving up a little bit of cash to go to the studio to rehearse to record yeah coming into your own studio that's a that's a good trick
1: oh my god it was it was an absolute game changer because i was doing the whole thing and and i feel for the i feel for bands and i feel for artists that have to do it Um, repeatedly, uh, going to even studios, lugging your amps, lugging everything around, having to plug it in, having, you know, three hour, three hour Mm. allotted time slots that are like 80 quid a pop um Mm -hmm, it's hard mm -hmm. you know it's hard to keep everyone everyone in the band enthused but to have you have your own space is it really is a game changer because you can have everything set up you don't have to lug things around you have as much time as you want you can stay all night if you want to you know if you've got a big gig the next day and it it really I do you know I I never take it for granted I'm always like just feeling so so lucky because I have a bunch of friends that all do the studio thing um and yeah, and they they're always banging on about how, you know, lucky I am. And I'm like, yeah, I know I am. I know I'm lucky.
0: But you can share it with them, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I definitely um had my fair share of mates down there. Just uh yeah, just I just I love being down there and it, it feels a bit weird to always be down there on my own, especially now um now my, my beloved uh well not ex mates, she's that the door's always open, but um so my my bassist Marine I miss her so much. She had to move back to Estonia. Um, so um, just at, like last year. So I, she was used to sort of uh, come keep me company down there. So now I've been, uh, you know, looking for s- some new people to hang with down there. So I'm not just a weird, lonely person down in a basement in Greenwich.
0: <laughs> well, I'll I'll come down. I'd love to check yeah, it You're out.
1: always welcome, Giles. Always welcome.
0: <laughs> I'm going to, you know, I'm going to keep you to that.
1: Well, it's just, it's just around the corner.
0: <laughs> Having that time to write and even think about it. Has that been such a big thing for monthly friend or, you know, everything you've done before having that yeah. time to think and just that that space to breathe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, I think the studio comes in handy when it comes to times of experimentation. Like I actually wrote the majority of monthly friend in my bedroom just because I had, I couldn't even go to the studio at the beginning of lockdown. I wasn't even allowed to go and do that. So, um, I ended up doing it all under my bed and I kind of like I always thought that the studio was like the holy grail and now I'm kind of in the mindset that obviously it's great that I have it um but you know songwriting can happen anywhere at any point and you can never plan when you're going to feel inspired either mm. like you know like a lot of the time I was I, I have been a bit of a nerd in terms of gear and, like, wiring things up and spending, like, days, like, kind of wiring up some synths and, like, doing some, and then I don't actually, I haven't actually done anything. I've just, like, been a nerdy, like, trying to find sounds, and that's actually a bit of a distraction. Um, so now I'm I'm kind of in the mindset where it's, I've got to wire everything up, um, ready for, like, maybe potentially a section of songs or kind of creating something and just leave it and then use what I've got. Um, in, at my fingertips and actually get the songs written rather than spending like hours every time I go in there just like experimenting and then trying to write a song because I end up just uh, spending hours <laughs> not doing anything you know, rolling around just, like pressing buttons and stuff and then I'm like what have I what have I done?
0: I mean that that sounds like a lot of time of like that trial and error and that, yeah. that in itself is seems to me like a like a full-time job
1: yeah yeah no it definitely it definitely is and and it's it really great when I'm not feeling very inspired to write or if I've got a bit of writer's block I can justify it by being like oh hey I'm I'm just gonna um like literally just gonna play around with sounds today and like I yeah. don't know even make some samples to to use in the future and then the studio is really good for that because I've got everything rigged up I can make as much noise as I want I can like create some like guitar drones without upsetting my neighbors or scream into a microphone without doing that. So that is nice.
0: (laughs) I feel like a lot of bands, you know, they're kind of at the whim of the engineer of the producer. Um, Mm -hmm. And it makes me wonder if there you have a, you know, an an idea of like kind of um, like aggressive evolution with it. Do you have that thing where, you know, you're always wanting to, to push forward with your sound and, and try new things
1: oh yeah yeah no definitely I'm, I'm kind of in that in that mode now now that the album's out it's great and it's it's a relief that it's out and not comp- you know it didn't fall on its face too. you know it's nice i have got some really good feedback not so at it's, all. Kind of, it's
0: gone down so well because
1: I mean, it's always a worry you know you're writing this these songs and they're so close to you and then you of end course. up hating them hating them a little bit and you're like this is crap and then you put it out and then like fortunately it's, it's been, you know, it's but had some nice things. Like it's, it's just been really, and a, and a big like kind of a boost to like create some more music, you know, like it's nice to, you shouldn't be driven by what other people think, but it's, it is always nice to have some good feedback and it really drives, drives you forward. So yeah, now I'm in that phase of experimentation again. So I, I mean, I don't know, I'm kind of so musically schizophrenic at the moment. It's just kind of playing around with, with synths and sounds and kind of trying to decipher where to go next, but it's really nice to be able to do that, you
0: know. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I mentioned earlier, but it being a full time job. I mean, how how long have you have you been doing this, you know, full time, or are you doing it full time at the moment?
1: I mean, half. I'm halfway there. Like I'm getting there with music. It's it's always a bit of a battle, and I think this is something that all musicians. Um, face uh, unless you get to the level of like Adele or Ed Sheeran you, it's always a bit of a struggle between money and time and and I, I have sort of gone down the route of being 100% full-time with music but then I put a lot of pressure on myself and I end up doing projects in music where I kind of Um, spending a lot of time on something without much financial gain so then I it takes me away from my Mm. own music so you know like library music and doing bits and bobs like that which is is nice to do but it's also quite time intensive um but I actually I, I also make videos um oh that's that was my background originally I made videos and animations um so I've quite kind of got that I'm really lucky to have that to sort of um you know when I'm back from tour or when I'm I've got some downtime, or I need to pay my bills. I can sort of pick up, pick up some work in that, which is nice. Um, which is a nice kind of slight world away from music, even though it's kind of linked, anyway. But it's it's nice to have something slightly different to, you know, have as a backup rather than just all everything, all of the pressure onto the music. It means I can pick and choose the time um, and spend my creative energy, you know, the really valuable stuff um, with with the music that I actually want to make you know, so
0: that's smart. You're, you're a consummate freelancer, consummate professional freelancer.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I actually have a different, a different name in my, uh, in the video world. I mean, it was, it was completely unintentional. I'm not like a superhero or anything, but like I have, mm. I, I go by <laughs> Zoe, Zoe Claire in the video world and Zoe Mead in the music world, but it it was just because the domain Zoe K was taken, but then it actually has worked to my favor because I can keep it completely separate um and then i've you know i don't also the the people in the video world between you and me the people in the video world you think i'm like 100 percent dedicated to being video person and then they give me work and then (laughs) people in the music world aren't like oh she's not a full-time musician oh well you know she can't be real then she can't be proper let's not (laughs) let's not get behind her so it's always that kind of I've just given away my secret
0: (laughs) I love that idea of having to keep the music side or or indeed the video side you know under a bit of a cloak and dagger because you know you want you want people to to take you straight up right
1: and it is it's romantic to think you know that I'm literally just always welding an acoustic guitar with like a, a flowery um like crown on my head and dancing through the woods, but um, <laughs> yeah. that's just not the, that's just not the way. Especially when you live in London, you know, rent is high and bills need to be paid. Whether whether you're working in a pub or whether you're whatever you're doing, admin. Like I've got a bunch of, I mean, all of my friends that I a lot of them I hugely admire musically and are doing really well. They all everyone has something they do, unless they're on the dole. <laughs> There's always something you have to, you know, something has to give.
0: and that's what I want to do with this podcast I mean it's taken me a little while to realize it but you know I do want to part of it is I do want to deconstruct that idea that you know I'm guilty of it sometimes when you look at an artist you like and you think oh wow they're you know they do this they're flying and I think the reality is that everyone's working really Mm. hard doing different shit trying to make trying to do their thing and trying to do it the best they can do but obviously that comes with or not obviously even that comes with you know a whole realm of of graft
1: yeah no exactly there's there's always going to be a balance unless you're very in a very fortunate position where either you own your own house and grow your own food um which you know i guess is possible if you move somewhere very remote and you have a lump sum or whatever but you know it it is always a bit of a battle you have to but to be honest i i quite like it i always feel like if i have too much time i don't create so if i if i have Mm. Uh, and I and also I found this with some friends where they've quit their jobs and um they've done it and, they, and then they get you know quite anxious and it's very counterproductive I do think limited time is necessary to create create things um
0: and you can see that's quite a temptation to be like and say yeah, I'm going on tour and I don't know what I'm doing after that but I'm not doing anything else
1: yeah yeah I mean touring is a whole different ball game like I've I've done the whole full-time job stint in the past you know trying to book off two weeks to go on tour is a bloody nightmare because then you've used up all your holiday and then oh but I'm so glad I don't have to do that anymore um
0: we were gonna age some years trying to do that (laughs)
1: yeah it's, it's hard but yeah those days fortunately are over but
0: <laughs> which of those jobs like come to mind were there any quite kind of funny situations any horrible so, bosses oh I've had so
1: many jobs uh I've had so many jobs uh, in my life but um oh one thing was hilarious I when I was I guess I was maybe like 18 or 19 when I was just sort of like starting out um I got booked at a music festival in my hometown of Swindon um and it was on a Saturday and it was called party in the park and it was like this big deal I was like I was like I've made it. This is like, this is it. Um, so, uh, but I had to work cause I worked in H and M at that time. And so right. I went sick and then my boss was in the crowd when I was playing. <laughs> and so I thought it was a really hilarious idea. I thought, I thought I would get away with it if I wore a hat and sunglasses on stage.
0: <laughs> that is fantastic.
1: <laughs> didn't work. Like, it didn't work. Did
0: you realize when you were on stage
1: uh yeah 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 I just um well one of my friends said oh I'm, I won't say any names but so and so's in the crowd and I was like oh no I'll wear this hat and least I'd already had a few beers um and then yeah and then I got I got disciplinary when I was at work but it was worth it it was the best you know it was worth it
0: so worth it <laughs> growing, grow, growing up in 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 Swindon I mean what kind of like opportunities come there you know was it the kind of thing that people were moving to bigger cities at oh yeah yeah
1: you know what there are a few people in swindon There's a really nice vibe where people um put put their heart and soul into you know the kind of small venues but it it is kind of one of those things where it's very limited and you can be kind of a band in swindon and have quite a lot of followers and then no one else who that know who the hell you are outside and all that kind of stuff it's it's very like and i always feel like when i moved away i kind of upset the local scene they were like oh she thinks she's too good for swindon now don't think i you know it's fine and you know i will always go back and have fond memories and you know now and again maybe play a show but it was it's kind of one of those where you kind of feel a little bit restricted in terms of like um and also the with these kind of local places the music scene is always a little bit like it's quite tough to um make it make it work as well I, i think like the music scene, it's always hard enough, you know, but like when you're in somewhere like London, Bristol, Brighton, Manchester, all the other amazing cities, there's always sort of a hunger more for live music. Uh, mm-hmm. Swindon's mm-hmm. very big on the the tribute band scene. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's probably, probably good money in that though, right?
1: Oh yeah, there's tons. I was thinking about starting a, a female, all-female tribute band called Havana. Brilliant. At one time.
0: That'd be sick.
1: Might still do that.
0: Totally. Why not? absolutely you've got to keep those ideas safe you've got to protect the talent
1: (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) I mean were were there were there some you know independent venues and promoters and people that that could nurture music and bands and artists in Swindon
1: uh yeah I mean there were there were were a few people really you know trying to make something of it and it it did have a mixed bag like there was a a, well that still is a music festival that happens every year called the Swindon Shuffle Um, and it's, um, it's kind of like the great escape, but in Swindon, um, and they open all the venues and, you know, it has been really, really good. I haven't been back for a few years. I played it a couple of years ago, actually just went back and did a little, uh, did a little show and it is a really good vibe and there's some really lovely, lovely people behind it. Um, it's just, yeah, it's, I, I feel like the, the kind of hunger for live music there is quite limited, unfortunately.
0: The places that there were, were you able to kind of plug into that and, you know, meet people and you know, express your interest of, of wanting to do do your thing.
1: Yeah. There were quite a few sort of people on the scene. Um, I guess there weren't, there weren't very, there there were no females actually. I can't think of, I I was fortunate enough to meet a couple of sort of um, different guys who did music and like, they kind of like some of them took me under their wing. I sung backing vocals for my friend's band for quite a few years Um, played some keys for another friend and it was like I was always sort of this kind of the girl in the band um singing back up and which was really really nice and also you know sort of learning a bit of music production from them as well because they'd be recording and then I'd go and record my part and be watching over the shoulder them do all the you know the stuff that I thought was like just mystical back then you know all the EQing and compression and all that stuff so it was a really good sort of segue and there was a really friendly kind of scene west country people are very friendly very friendly indeed
0: well that's all the cider (laughs) that's That's all the cider yeah
1: it's all the cider and that's
0: so interesting about you know looking over the shoulder of a producer because it's quite easy to just not necessarily paying attention when you're doing the the fun thing of being Mm. in the studio
1: no yeah exactly it's it there was a lot of that and I still do that now every time I sort of um I I collaborate with people it's really nice to sort of see their workflow and I see people doing it to me now as well which is nice you know and someone's it, it really I kind of I love that when someone's sort of sat behind me and like wondering what I'm doing and then I love telling them what I'm doing it's like you know I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pull up the uh I'm gonna pull up at 200 hurts because you know we need to add a bit more presence to the vocal I don't know stuff like that I'm like oh yes I am a nerd yay <laughs> I mean at, at that
0: you know was there an age age where you were you were like you know I want to I want to be able to make money doing something attached to music or or was it like you know you you just try and get those jobs at H&M and try and get those jobs where you can like everyone else I suppose
1: I, I never really saw it as something, now, I always like kind of had it in my head, like, I don't know, like a lot of, I guess, young people, especially at that time. Oh, you know, I was, I was kind of driving my friends to like forward to like try and sing with me and stuff in school. And I had no access. I, I do remember having no access and, and like not knowing that I didn't have access. But when I look back now, I yeah. really didn't, there weren't role models and I mean, I didn't, uh, my parents, I love, they, they are the best. Um, but, you know, my dad's a car salesman and my mum's a chef in a school. There was never any kind of like guidance. I just kind of decided I, I wanted to, first of all, I decided I wanted to start singing. Um, and we, I mean, I didn't ever have any lessons. My, We didn't really have the money to, for lessons and stuff. So I just kind of like had a, a I got a karaoke machine with my sister for christmas and it was just the best thing ever and i would make little radio shows (laughs) and then i realized that at at the time it was like this mystical thing but i had this little keyboard and it had a little beat on it and then i pressed play on the beat recorded that into the karaoke machine recorded that beat with another melody over the top onto the other deck of the karaoke machine and then did that like 10 times and now i realize i was just producing right there I was I was doing it you know I wanted to tape these lo-fi lo-fi record but at the time I was like okay so how can I it was like this very kind of pure like thing of how can I get the drums and the keyboard to be on the same audio recording it was just finding my own way with it which is yeah interesting but yeah there wasn't really any yeah guidance but
0: (laughs) that's like using a, a like a Tascam four track recorder on a karaoke yeah, machine
1: yes yeah. i mean at the time you know I, I, it was just kind of trying things and trial and error and then being like oh yeah that sounds kind of like a song now with a lot of tape hiss." but
0: <laughs> tape hiss, well that that sound floor i feel i feel like i've realized that, you know that that sound floor of, of records can be so important when you get that little oh, yeah. rattle i loved i love that shit.
1: oh yeah yeah i gotta love the lo-fi We've got an amazing plugin where actually introduces hiss now we we've got we've gone back the other way it's like make these lovely digital recordings and then put some hiss in there at the end
0: is that is that something that you've you've got pretty that you've dug into have you got quite philosophical with that stuff
1: oh, with with kind of the the analog world you mean like kind of
0: yeah and like juggling those two things you know make'cause your' monthly friend and and all your records sound so so human and you know I I wonder if that's actually quite a hard thing to do now
1: yeah um I guess I did have references in mind I did kind of want it to sound a bit bedroomy as well as like because I I mean um yeah I used to just sort of record music with a view oh it's lo-fi anyway it's lo-fi it's lo-fi bedroom and then I just I, I decided obviously you have to kind of learn how to make things sound good and then screw it up a bit screw with it and make it hissy and make it lo-fi you know that that is ideally the best way of doing it because then you can get the best results so i i kind of did have these more kind of digital sounding um kind of recordings everything was even the guitar you know i i did the guitar i DI'd the guitar even because i was just under my bed um and then i ended up trying you know trying to make it sound more analog and warm pretty much every single job i've ever had like i've always found a way to i don't know be able to plan or create music in that job even when i worked my first job was in asda west swindon and the checkouts which was uh great and i i used to just like get a little bit of till roll out the till and like hide behind the pillar like basically had these pillars between each of the checkouts and and i'd hide so no one would come to my till and then i'd write lyrics on the teal roll so that was one that was one thing it was it was always about making music every single job and then <laughs> HM, i used to listen so intently to the playlists in the stores because they would play all indie artists and i actually discovered a bunch of like some of my favorite acts now and people that really have inspired me to make me like there's an there's an artist called Laura Veers um she's based in portland and and i've just loved her for years and i i remember i listened i heard her song in HM when i was i don't know maybe like 17 and it ha- it's had so much impact on me like i i had to run into the office um and ask who who the song was by and i i remember i she came to the uk and i saw her play and i've seen her play so and she was like it, she's instrument in in my career like i i were she is one of the main reasons I started playing guitar. I saw a woman playing, like you didn't see, you haven't seen, you know, back, back then as well. There wasn't that many females playing guitar. It was, you know, singing front in bands. Um, so seeing that was like incredibly inspirational. So that was that. And then where else have I worked? Oh yeah. Um, I did an internship when I first moved to London at Nickelodeon kids channel Um and I organised a gig in that job um, where uh, me and my band at the time played, and then there were a few other bands. So it was always I always try to wedge it in, and it's probably quite cringy now because I, I, I have a mate and I, I met with her quite recently, and she was like, "I remember the first time I met you, you said you just wouldn't stop talking about your band," and I was like, "Oh God,
0: <laughs> that's great." you need that confidence oh.
1: like that you got like I,
0: I I know what you mean but you know if you hadn't have done that then
1: yeah I wish I still had the confidence to like you know just completely self like just self-promote constantly like go everywhere I go be like oh check out my band have a look at my band have a look at but like uh, yeah now that that element of my personality has fizzled away into a uh, now I just keep very quiet about it wherever I go.
0: Isn't that quite <laughs> interesting though? Because, you know, now, now, you know, you're, 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 you're up and coming, you know, you're, 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 an established artist and, and, and now's the time you're you're chilling out on the promo stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I guess I, you know, I was quite bushy tailed about it and, and also it, it, it is kind of, and I have this conversation a lot with a few friends and it's quite, it's an easier thing to promote a band, you know, yourself in a band. Um, but, um, when you are solo, it kind of feels so weird to just be like, oh yeah, by the way, I make music under my, yeah, it's, it's..." and then your face is all over it and then it just feels a bit, uh, I don't know, slightly David Brent-esque, but. (laughs) I
0: mean, Dream Chaos was, was with the band, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, it's always been kind of me writing in my bedroom, um dream chaos Mm -hmm. uh, it was it was so nice to be able to have because i'd have jack and marine into the studio and we'd sort of flesh out the songs like they'd be written and then we'd we'd flesh them out in kind of like a live format and it would feel really nice it was a really less pressure less high pressure thing to do you know i felt like i had this Mm -hmm. this team with me and sort of like to help guide the songs and give advice um and then obviously that's something that I haven't had of more recent times. And it's, it's been a, it's been great in its own way. Not, not as much fun for sure.
0: How did you like navigate that challenge? Were you able to think about, cause I quite often think that when, when these sort of transitions happen, it's quite easy to not talk about it and just kind of keep your head yeah. down, I suppose.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I wanted to make it clear that it wasn't about me being a diva or anything. It's not like, ah, oh, now I am a solo artist and, I don't like my Mm. band members anymore and we broke it up but it it's it's nothing Mm. like that and I I would give I would give anything to have them back in a room like the way it used to be and and perhaps we we can at some point the thing is like um but you know time sort of time sort of moves on people people grow and like Maureen's been doing some amazing things like unfortunately she's back in Estonia um some family things, sort of, and she obviously she had to make a decision in lockdown whether she's gonna be here or back there because she can't really go in between. And due to her circumstance, she has to stay there. And I'm completely supportive of her there. And I speak to her basically every day anyway. Um but she's she's also been doing some session work. Like she's got um a tour with Tricky um who is massive attack side projects um coming up. And I mean she's like, I'm so proud of her like to be using her mad skills um for something where she actually gets paid which is nice um but obviously the door's always open and
0: have you been able to send her tunes and and, you know get that kind of just that pure
1: yeah yeah No, no definitely and that's been that has been so helpful and maureen and a few other kind of musical nerds Whose ears I kind of trust <laughs> because I love their music as well, and it it really, it really has helped. And actually, that has been a godsend the whole way through. I don't think without without that I wouldn't have been able to muster the courage to have finished this whole thing. I would have caved in ages ago and sent it to some some dude in America and paid him an obscene amount of money to mix it. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel like that support network is is really something.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. It, that that's what it's all about, and I I do the same for. You know, I have friends sending me mixes all the time and, um, and just songs in general, you know, like trading songs that just come back from tour, um, with my friend, Will, who's, um, who's Blackaby, his act is called Blackaby. Um, and we just yeah, had this evening. He's amazing. Oh yeah. And no, he's, he's, he's wicked. He's an annoyingly, annoyingly good writer and musician. And we were just kind of like, we spent, we just sort of sat up like for hours, like playing, like, new songs basically and just swap it like it was like his turn my turn and then we'd sort of give some feedback and it was really really nice exercise i kind of want to do that again um with anyone everyone whatever just it's kind of really nice to hear songs in a raw format and sort of talk about them and say oh where could it go here and you know with a bit of wine as well you know honesty you know completely like for me i'm i'm a lot more honest when i've had a bit of booze so
0: i think it's so i think it's first of all, I think it's great that you do that because, and I also think it's really, it must be quite hard because I I wonder if, I mean, I've certainly done this when I've been writing records, it's to really really jam with someone and to give that time. And ultimately you're taking it, that's taking it seriously, you know, Mm -hmm. drinking or not when you're doing it. That's like, there's quite a serious, quite a serious, um, dare I say it, professional attitude towards (laughs) doing that.
1: Yeah. Well, I didn't feel professional at the time, but when I, um, When I think about it, we were very serious in that moment. It was like this very like, uh, I don't know, it didn't mean to be. We're supposed to just have like have a jam and like and then it ended up this like very like intense, like Mm. song swapping kind of situation. And it felt like, you know, I felt pressure. I wanted to like give good feedback and I wanted to get as much out of will as possible as well but it was yeah it's a really valuable experience but.
0: not to get philosophical but I want I feel like we live in a society or, or like growing up where you know if when you take music seriously or art or uh or, or comedy it may be that quite often more from people more often than not people are, people are like you know <laughs> you know aren't that receptive to it or you know I feel like art's probably not taken as seriously as it as it should be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's like, I it is kind of one of those things in life where it's not a necessity to live and evolve. I love philosophical conversations, by the way. Um, I, I mean, I read a hell of a lot of science books about, you know, survival and everything and how we've evolved as humans and, you know, music and art doesn't really, it doesn't really fit in. It's like, why is the, is the big question. But I guess without it, we lose a, a great deal of what it is to be human and so it is completely and also you know and now fortunately the the world is starting to move towards more of an attitude where we're seeing mental health issues as as important as physical health issues and they're all interlinked and everything and and with that music and art is so important to one's mental health so there's also that argument which I could argue music till therapy. the therapy, yeah, yeah, until the till the cows come home. I could argue that music and art is like one of the number one priority. You know, like in the in the UK at the moment, obviously with everything. You know, when a few months ago, a lot of people in the music industry got sent that that bloody survey to retrain or something, and it was just, it, it, you know, just just support support these artists because we need them. You know,
0: yeah, there is no support. There is no there's there's not much weight put on the importance of nurturing growing artists
1: yeah and it, it it really i felt it um doing the tour we just come back from and the small the kind of like medium small to medium venues that we are playing in and and talking to each promoter and how how hard it's been for them one one guy has been working in a you know a really established promoter in brighton's been working in a fish and chip shop <laughs> the last year right i i it, it's just really sad that that's had to happen but then Fortunately, hopefully we're coming out the end of it and these venues can survive and the promoters and everyone everyone that goes into making these things happen can continue to make them happen
0: how was that tour you must be one of the first artists to have toured the uk oh my god yeah
1: yeah it did feel like that as well it was pretty pretty weird um dipping the toe in but yeah it was bloody wonderful i enjoyed every minute of it every like it was so fun and meeting people again the old elbow elbow hugs it was it was so good it was so good to be driving around and playing it felt like old the old times and yeah just want to keep doing it
0: did it feel like you were you know you were you were opening the blinds to it
1: yeah like dusting uh, dusting off the cobwebs yeah it did feel like that you know because it's it was a socially distanced tour so it was it's all very those, those things are very trial and error anyway it's like how do we do them one of them was outside They were all sort of table, it felt a bit cabaret at times, but in a good way, you know, and everyone was intently listening, like I've never, like I've never experienced, you know, like there wasn't, for every show, apart from one, uh, one in particular where there were, you know, there was a bit of a buzz and people were boozing and stuff, but all of them were complete, silent, silently dead rooms. Um, And yeah, I'm not really used to that. It was quite um, nerve wracking, to be honest,
0: (laughs) i mean, I guess you kind of see i can see the um the benefit of both you know a quiet crowd and a kind of rowdier crowd i mean is there one that you feel more comfortable with
1: um well i mean generally i've always felt very comfortable especially in the band format you know when it's it's full band mm. there's a lot of you know it feels really weird when you play that to a, a quiet room it, it's not it doesn't mm. feel right it feels very odd um, because you're playing you know loud loud music you kind of want people to be drinking and chatting and laughing and and yeah so yeah. but in in the strip back format it was very nice to be listened to and actually have a chat between the songs chat about what the songs were about because I mean I haven't done that for years that's how I started out I, I I got a bit of a reputation in Swindon for just chatting too much on stage and saying ridiculous things a verbal <laughs> lottery kind of thing um <laughs> which uh like that, yeah lot. a bunch of my close friends have actually missed so they were like really psyched to see that again motor mouth coming back out um
0: brilliant no, no social anxiety <laughs> for you uh,
1: uh there's times where I, I you know i'm on the stage and i've got a tune or something and then i'm aware that it's quiet and um, you can hear a pin drop yeah. and i feel like i need to say something then i start saying something i'm like why did I, why did I start saying this? Cause I have to, <laughs> there's no punchline. I've got nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> it just, oh, it's, and it, it's awkward, but there, were, there's a couple of moments like that, but you know, it's, everyone's there cause they want to be there and everyone's there cause they, you know, support the music. So, you know, they take me warts and all. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> it's real, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, looking, looking forward, you have a team around you, you have a manager, you, you've got a great PR person, um, you know, do you talk a lot with that I mean, obviously you do, but I mean, looking gearing up for for plans in the next few months has that been, you know, a kind of a, a wild route to to figure that stuff out?
1: Um, not really cuz I I do like you said, I do have some amazing people around me and they make everything so easy. Like I mean, my manager uh, George is like one of my best friends. Like I mean, I see him even outside of music like um very very fortunate to have someone like that and someone that I completely trust and and know that's just you know in it for the right reasons and and cares about the music so much um and also yeah like uh Paddy and PR <laughs> I actually uh met him for the first time in Manchester and I kind of half expected him to be kind of like I don't know maybe like a cool edgy not that he wasn't cool he was way cooler than I thought he was ever going to be because he was nice (laughs) but I thought you know he's going to rock up to the gig with a tote bag and then just sort of like be like yeah cool nice (laughs) to meet you and then rock off but we actually ended up like having a few drinks well he drank non-alcoholic beer very very good I need to start doing that myself and then just yeah we went and played pool and had a great old great old time so it's really nice you know to, to have these people that you work with and they do so much for you and you actually can hang out with them and talk to them honestly about things. Because
0: I think that's so interesting. Because you, know, I, th- I think my, well, I've certainly looked at managers and PRs in the past and thought like, oh no, you know, they're just going to rip me off, or they're going to rip everyone off. And actually, you know, I kind of regret thinking or having periods of thought thinking that in the past because you can work with some amazing people who are so kind and brilliant and also professional they're not mm-hmm. mutually exclusive things
1: yeah no exactly and there are so many there are there's so many dark corners of the music industry so many people that t- really take advantage of things and aren't good and you know I, I've seen it I've 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 heard about it I've seen it um and I, re- I appreciate that I'm not in those places now and I, I intend to keep them keep those places fully fully out of my life because they are really toxic and I just I really hope especially young females I there's so much like so many people out there sort of praying and and not not taking them seriously and it really because I've been through it I'm like just if if you get bad vibes just cut cut them the hell out because it's not worth it no matter if they've got money and promises behind things it just Mm. it ruins everything even if you know, it seems good. It, it will ruin everything inevitably. So I, uh, for me, I just, yeah. I mean, I, you didn't ask for advice, but I'm giving it.
0: <laughs> no, I'm so glad you said it. Cause it's something I, I wanted to to bring up and, you know, young women in the music industry, it's a, it's a, it's a, I can imagine it's, it's a funny, weird, hard place. I mean, as a young male in the music industry, everything, every opportunity I got, you know, was like, Oh, I have to take it. I have to take it. Oh, yeah. I feel so lucky. You know, and, and it doesn't have to be that way. You can, you can be your own boss. You should be your own yeah. boss.
1: Yeah. You need to, you need to pick and choose a bit. I I mean, I was the same Giles. I like in the beginning, it was like, you know, cause I, I suffered from a lot of like self doubt and I had no confidence. So every kind, time someone came along, mm. I was like, oh my God, this person's come along. And it's like, no, now I'm, I'm kind of in reverse of that. And I have some friends around me saying like, actually, like when a, when a producer or someone comes your way they're coming to you. They want to work with you. They're like trying to get a piece of you. So you need to decide whether Mm. they're they're good enough for that, not whether you're good enough for them. Like you're the artist, like you need to own that and you need to um, make sure that no one infiltrates that, that isn't worthy to do that, you know?
0: Mm Mm-hmm you got to protect the talent.
1: Yeah, protect the talent. Got to get that on the t-shirt.
0: <laughs> you should. <laughs> I, 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 was, I, I first heard that at a football game and I thought, <laughs> wow, that is great life advice.
1: Yeah, that's great. <laughs> oh.
0: And I imagine as an artist, you, 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 you're a part of the job is giving a part of yourself away in the songs, in the time. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a communal experience. Mm-hmm. But then the other side of that is not giving too much of you away, keeping you know, not giving all yourself away. Yeah. Is that something that you've, is that something that you've dealt with or?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, sh- I struggle with that, especially in like more recent times, because I've been doing a lot of sort of um, more narrative kind of video work. Like I've been fortunate to work with Yamaha on a few things and sort of showing, Great. showing aside, like, cause they've done a bit, they filmed in, in my studio and filmed uh, and they, they came to sort of do a promotional thing. I feel like I'm giving too much away now. <laughs> no, I just, <laughs> I, I, um, yeah, just, um, and it's funny, my friend who actually made a, made a music video for me recently, like said to me, um, I didn't, I didn't expect you to be so friendly. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, it's really funny. I, I didn't expect you to be so bouncy and friendly. I just thought you'd, and I was like, I don't know what that means. Maybe I need to be more, mm. maybe I need to be more cool or whatever in life, but. I can't. don't
0: overthink it, I can't do it. I, yeah i, I know what i mean when people say oh you know people tell you your personality trait you're like i don't fucking yeah. want to know don't tell me no
1: <laughs> I, it's just if you like the music this is the music you want to make a music video make me just you know i'm gonna be me okay and if i'm a bouncing musical elf then so be it
0: brilliant brilliant <laughs> thank you so much zoe for being for being up for doing this i'm so That's glad we got right. to chat yeah you it's know, been great big fam. oh thank you just to to end with with the video stuff with the directing and 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 as well as the music looking you know when you think ahead to kind of 10 years 15 years i'm sorry to even ask you that but you know <laughs> when you do is there a kind of thing where you know you can i mean you, do you do you feel like you can balance those things and be able to pay rent in in london whilst also being able to write and record and go on tour
1: yeah it, i i think like for me i feel like there's always it's always going to be about the music. I do enjoy making videos as well, which is a blessing that I have that, but the, it's always going to be about the music. So as, as much as I can, I'm going to be doing music and I'm hoping to move more into sort of composing and see where that takes me as well. Cause I've been doing a, a bit of that. Um, and Great. hope, I mean, I, I honestly don't know. I don't, I don't really like planning things, but I, I really just want to, I'm really happy with where I am <laughs> and I just want to keep doing that, Brilliant. you know, keep doing everything that's happening now.
0: And that composing thing, am I right in saying that the kind of a uh, publishing side of music is perhaps where, you know, the support lies, AKA money,
1: money. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm not even bitter. I'm just going to say it, but the most money I've ever made from um, music was because of a cover that I did that I got on love Island a few years ago. Um,
0: brilliant amazing <laughs> actually, what yeah, cover was that
1: it was a snow patrol cover of you could be happy and it was on love island amazing I never had more attention in my life and I was like what the hell yeah, <laughs> it, Amazing! that show is insane but I basically saw firsthand <laughs> that you know it can be sustainable and obviously there's an element mm-hmm. of luck involved but going down those routes if but you only do it if you want to do it if you if you're doing mm-hmm. it like at, you know sacrificing something then definitely don't it's not about money but it can mm-hmm. be quite a nice thing to do on the side like do some covers do some publishing do some um library music you know there's there's these different streams that you can you can do so yeah when, once you've empowered Smart. yourself to sort of record your own music uh, sky's the limit really
0: i love that zoe that's so good and that makes me so happy you know it's <laughs> nice to speak to someone who you know that, that, that there is that kind of there's a foundation you know there is a there is a ground to stand on
1: yeah it's taken it's taken a few years but i feel like yeah you you know it's nice to be in a sort of place where you know it's quite everything's easier now than it has been in the past so
0: amazing well that's a perfect end thank you so Mm -hmm. much zoe
1: that's all right, Giles. Thank you. Cool.
0: So there she is, Zoe Mead of Wildest. Go ahead and listen to Monthly Friend right now, as if you haven't been doing that already. Thanks so much for listening. Do subscribe and see you next week. Here's Cox Barrow. I've been working all day, probably
1: mate on the side, running around like a blue-arse fly. I've been working, yeah, I've been working all day.